Hi, welcome back to Military Brats Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chloe. And I'm Juliana. Join us today as we welcome the remarkable Hansa Kaforek, an inspiring individual whose journey from the Czech Republic to the United States is nothing short of extraordinary. Get ready for an episode driven with resilience, determination, and the unwavering spirit of someone who wholeheartedly embraced the American dream. Hi, welcome in, Hansa. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. Alrighty, well, before we begin, would you like to share a bit about your background and what shaped your perspective on military service? Yeah, definitely. So, background. Um, I'm originally from the Czech Republic. Um, I came over here back in 2000, 2006. I came to the States and for some personal reasons. Um, I, you know, came over here, um, didn't know what to really do with my life. Um, back when I was back home in Czech, um, I studied telecommunication. So, you know, after first months of struggle where I was a, a painter's helper, I've, uh, I've got lucky and I got hired as a as an IT runner for one of the semiconductor companies over here in Silicon Valley. Um, then from there, you know, I worked over there for a little bit, well, for 15 years uh, altogether. But, um, in the, you know, back in 2011, I decided I'm going to join the U.S. military. I always wanted to serve ever since I was a child. I wanted to be either a soldier or a police officer. And, uh, you know, I had this thing in my mind where, if I'm going to join the Air Force or military branch, any military branch, I'm going to be more prospective candidate to be a police officer later on. So I went with that and you know, 13 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Can you walk us through the process of becoming a U.S. citizen? What's that like? Well, um, it's been many years for me now. Again, I, I got my citizenship back in 2011. Um, but from what I remember, it was... A lot of documents, a lot of money, because you know you need to pay all the fees, all the immigration fees. Um, you need to prove, you know, where, where, how long you were staying in the states, where were you staying, who you were staying with, and all these other things. So it was uh, a long process, but you know, I mean, everybody has to do it. Well, some people have to do it. So uh, you know, if you do it, if you do it the right way, you spend you spend a lot of money, uh, time and efforts getting your citizenship. But then after, you know, after you get it, it took me what, five years? After five years, oh, um, wow. it's it's rewarding, you know, you, you get your citizenship oh, yeah. and then finally you are part of the US, which I honestly believe it's, you know, it, it, it made me who I am today. So I'm grateful to it. So anyways. I mean, being becoming a US citizen is definitely a significant milestone. Can you share the emotions and thoughts you had on that day when you officially became a citizen, if you remember? <laughs> well, um, I was I was pushed by my recruiter. Well, because I wanted to join, my recruiter unfortunately didn't know that you know I can join with a green card. So mm-hmm. she, she was basically like, "Hey, like you need to you need to get your citizenship first. And I'm like, "Come on now, seriously." So I was working on it. I was working on getting the citizenship quickly. So, you know, I, I've employed a, an attorney and I was working with them so they can, you know, they can help me out. Uh, so once I got my citizenship, I was in rush because I was already in MAPS. So I was in rush to get, uh, you know, to get my citizenship. So instead of going and seeing a judge, like, you know, normally you would, I went and I saw a um, director of immigration service over here in, in San Jose. And, you know, she was the one who basically, you know, did the, did the uh, oath and 
basically gave me the paperwork. So my was kind of wow. rushed. And right after that, I, if I remember correctly, I didn't think anything about it because I had to go see my recruiter so I can give her all the paperwork and she can process yeah. my meds and I can actually move on. So for me, it was really just rush and quick. Yeah. It sounds like you were just going through the motions. What made you choose the Air Force out of all the other branches? <laughs> so I'm, a, you know, I don't know if you guys know this about the Czech Republic, but we are either the most or one of the most atheist countries in the world, right? So I consider myself hardcore atheist. And uh, I went to see, a, I wanted to be a Marine, uh, I'm a Marine, but because, because they had um, uh, Czech linguists, uh, MOS. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So I went to, you know, I went to see a Marine recruiter, but unfortunately he was very, um, how to say it, a little bit too much God loving for my own taste. So, mm -hmm. you know, everything was bless you, God bless this and that. I was like, oh, too much, man, too much. So that kind of discouraged me from, you know, going into the Marines. So I was like, you know, I don't want to surf in, a, you know, some religious crazy, you know, branch. Back then I thought so, but, you know, now I, I know I'm, you know, it's not the case. But unfortunately, this recruiter, um, he, he messed it up for me. So I didn't go. Um, then I talked to my coworker from my company where I was working at. And he goes, yeah, you know, my, my friend is a recruiter from the U.S. Air Force. Talk to her. So I talked to her and yeah, it was just streamlined process with her technically. So, you know, I made it I made it happen like that. Um, so I, I decided for Air Force. And plus what I was doing, you know, being an IT guy, um, I kind of liked what the Air Force had to offer. And, you know, it was technologically more down my line, you know. That's why we should have separation of powers for a recruiter. That's very unfortunate that, you know, that it's happened okay. because that really shouldn't happen. But anyways, how did you acclimate to the demands and lifestyle of military service once you went to basic training? So funny to say the basic was pretty easy, actually, because when I was, you know, back home, I was I was in a Czech national taekwondo team. And then when whenever we had our... Um, Whenever we we had our summer um, summer camps or whatever that you know with taekwondo or any of our practices, it was more it was tougher than the basic, right? So the basic was just it was like a vacation for me. I I, I did enjoy that. It was super easy. I mean, they you know they fed they they, they fed me. They they gave me a cool clothing. I, I thought back then, you know they 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 allowed me to exercise with an instructor. I was like, <laughs> how easy. So it was fun. I had I had amazing time at basic. I would go back immediately. It was awesome. It, it was one of the easiest things I've done in a military service. Like basic was easy. It was awesome. I've enjoyed that. So adapting to it, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was really hard. Um, I had a nickname, Iron Fist over there because I, I, I don't know, they just called me that. It was easy. I don't know. So adapting to the Air Force or military lifestyle, I mean, it's what, what is really to adapt? I mean, you just follow the instructions and you do what you're told. Throughout my life in the Air Force, you know, I kind of had to adapt because there were new things which, you know, I didn't know from before. So, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to meet people from all over the world and, you know, discovering <laughs> that I'm not the only foreigner who is serving. There was a girl in my sister flight. She was from uh, no Holland, Norway, one of them over there in Europe. Uh, her father was American citizen who married, you know, um, a European woman. And then mm -hmm. she was born there. But then thanks to her father, she had a citizenship. 
So she decided to join from Germany. And her first time in the U.S. was at Lakeland Air Force Base in Texas. So stories like that, it's kind of cool. So as someone who became a U.S. citizen, what significance does this hold for you personally? And how has it influenced your commitment to being in the military? So my friends, my parents, uh, my friend over here, she's married to a, a, my good good friend, also a chick man. Um, she says, oh, this friend, she always says that you and him, my, I don't want to say his name, you and him, you guys are the most American people I've ever met. Like, I, I take it to heart. I, I have, I have the American flag in the house. Don't take me wrong. I, I, I like the Czech Republic too. It's my home country. But the U.S. gave me more than any any other country could. So it, it, it's U.S. and the flag is important to me. Um, so when I personally, this is my personal opinion, when I see people kneeling down when the American anthem is playing or when there is a flag, it's pissing me off. I don't like that. I, I mean, I dedicated years, months, and a lot of finances to get, you know, to get the citizenship. And then I joined the Air Force and I want to serve. I like to serve. I like to wear the uniform with pride. So, mm-hmm. yeah, to me, it's important. And, you know, seeing people who are American born and they disrespect the flag or disrespect the military, it's, it's, it's upsetting me. So inside, I feel like I'm really American. I think that's a really great perspective because I feel like some people who are U.S. born, I feel like they take a lot of these things that we have here for granted. So I think sharing your perspective is really great. And hopefully they can kind of think for themselves and be like, oh, wow, fair (laughs) point. (laughs) That is so true. I don't want to, just what you said, I'm not saying you're Europe is definitely awesome. I, I want to retire there. Like, you know, what we have over here. We have the same thing in Europe. But in terms of opportunities, the U.S. gives, right? Freedoms and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some countries are more free than the U.S., if you think about it. But the opportunities the U.S. provides, it's amazing. And it's what you make out of it, right? Think about you being American, moving to, I don't know, let's say Germany. Would you be able to serve in the German army? I don't think so. Or later on, you know, if I I want to be a police officer, can I become a cop? You without any paperwork mm-hmm. moving over there, can you become a can you become a police officer over there? I don't think so, right? So yeah, stuff not. like that, where the U.S. gives opportunities to people from foreign countries who come over here, and you know, if you want to do something with your life, you get to do it. That's why I love the U.S. about you know I love the U.S. because they give you these chances and you can do something with your life. If you know if you're not born in Europe. You know, I don't think you have these opportunities as a foreigner. Yeah, mm-hmm. you provide new like new beginnings for people, which I think is amazing. You have such mm-hmm. a healthy like outlook on America, and I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wish more people were like you, because we grew up with like military dads, and it, people are so disrespectful. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I hate that. Um, when I was at um, Oklahoma for Airman Leadership School, I uh, was back in 2015, 14, 15, I think. Uh, I went there. And then, you know, my accent back then was thicker. So, you know, they could say, you know, they could tell that I'm from a foreign country, definitely somewhere from the Central Eastern Europe, right? So I went to Walmart because my uniform was missing a button. Uh, so I went there um, to get me a new sewing kit so I can actually put it on, right? Well, I went there and I, I was looking at that Walmart and I was like, hey, I need help. So I found me a Walmart employee and I'm like, hey, sir, can you please tell me where I can find a needle and a thread? 
He goes, what? I was like, I'm looking for a needle and a thread. What you saying, boy? I was like, come on, really? You have to go like this? He goes, he goes, speak English. I was like, so I was like, Jesus, seriously? Sir, I'm looking for a needle and a thread so I can sew on my button back on my uniform. He was like, I don't know what you're saying. So my other friend who, 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 who shipped out with me for this uh, Airman Leadership School, he was there, American guy from Washington. And he goes, hey, he's looking for this. And he goes, why didn't you just say that? I'm like, really? Come on now. I was like, <laughs> so stuff like that. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about your transition into the Air Force. So as a Master Sergeant in the U.S. Air Force Reserves, could you share insights into your transition from reservist to active duty? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I was working for, you know, for a company and I, um, a big semiconductor company. Then uh, before I deployed, I transitioned or I changed a company where I was working, you know, I was executive or I'm still executive IT. So I worked with the executives. It was kind of cool. You know, it was, you know, it was a sexy company I was working for or I'm working for. I loved what I was doing, but then I deployed uh, back in 2018 and coming back, it was still cool. But uh, let me tell you, uh, when I came back from my deployment, the civilian life, something was missing. I uh, I had an incident where I was just, you know, after the deployment, I was sitting my in my office or in my cube. And then uh, out of nowhere, just like all these things or emotions came came at me. And then I, I felt like I was like, what the hell is going on with me? I, I almost felt like, you know, I want to start crying for some reason. I was just like, man, I was, I, I had anxieties and I had to leave the office. I had to call my supervisor. I was like, hey, I'm like feeling like like crap. It was like two weeks after the, the deployment, and I couldn't explain to. Her. I was like, man, I'm I, I missed the you know I missed the deployment. I missed being with you guys. Like this is not cool. I'm just sitting here, doing nothing. Well, nothing. Just you know doing simple things on a computer, fixing computers, or you know just helping people with their computer issues. I'm like, this is this is stupid. What I'm doing here. This has you know no no real meaning. What I'm doing over here. Just helping somebody else get richer. Or you know, help the company get richer. Mm -hmm. Why I'm here? So it kicked me back then. I was like, man, I'm. This is you know, it, again, it's still sexy. It's a sexy company, but am I am I doing something for myself or am I doing something for somebody else? Well, yeah, I'm helping them, you know, get money, get richer. But I'm not really doing anything for myself. I had a, an amazing salary, but it wasn't really you know nothing. I was looking looking forward to doing anymore then i started you know kind of volunteering more to be on orders and then my commander is like hey like you know uh we need you know we need active duty people so if you want to come over here please you know i would i would like to have you here because it was covid was happening and everything and it was really busy so i agreed you know um they put me on active duty orders and then i spent three and a half years on active duty orders over here i was you know doing new things i was doing things which were helping like you know i remember i don't remember i don't know if you remember the uh, uh the COVID issue in new york where there was many many uh people dying and mm -hmm. then the government needed to send some uh freezers over there so they can help yeah. with the bodies and whatever so it was big uh, our medics were deploying from here and we were kind of helping so that gave me a purpose you know like you were mm -hmm. okay doing something again which mattered Right. So what was your role in the reserves and what is it now? 
So I got hired as a supply flight chief. So, you know, over here in the reserves, I was responsible for my supply flight. Um, I have a certain amount of people under me, reservists. And as active duty on the reserve side, you basically, throughout the month, you take care of everything for them, right? You make sure they have their, um, you know, they're, they're qualified with their weapons. They are qualified with their, uh, the chem you know, the anti or chemical gears, you know, you know, Seaburn. All right. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're qualified with on their Seaburn. You make sure you schedule them. You schedule for their, uh, you schedule them for their um, uh, medical stuff. You basically do everything for them so that, you know, when, when, when they come over here for the drill for that weekend, mm -hmm. they can actually hit it and start running, you know, and they can take care of stuff they need to take care of. So they are fully qualified and, you know, their readiness status is green, essentially what we need. Mm -hmm. So that's basically my role, making sure everybody's over here ready to go. Um, so I was doing it for supply, but then with that, I had extra responsibilities like unit deployment manager, unit health monitor, uh, PT, uh, you know, uh, UFPM, unit fitness, uh, what is it, P PM, it's basically unit fitness monitor. So making sure everybody is, you know, is passing their fitness or testing them for their fitness. I was, you know, I was the government purchase card holder and stuff like that. So you have basically as a reserve, active duty on the reserve, you have so many additional duties, which you need to accomplish and you need to take care of. Uh, I don't know if you, I know you guys talk about, you know, active duty and with active duty, um, they tell you they might have like, you know, one or two extra, extra additional duties, but we have so many of them, which is just crazy. So we work on that, you know, we work with them and we're making sure that everything is taken care of throughout the month month so when they when they show up they can either you know again deploy or do their appointments on the reserve side uh as of now i was what was it last year or in august i was i was put in a supervisory or i'm superintendent of my unit now so there was people who you know left retire and then it just the door was passed over to me so now i was doing squadron stuff as of right now i'm sitting basically in my new office since one december where i'm in a superintendent office so you know it's more official and i'm just uh, we're basically waiting for our superintendent to retire and then i will be taking over so you know i'm kind of learning um superintendent duties and then with that it's it's, it's fun I, I like leadership leadership is really good because i get to um i get to touch people's lives and you know help them um for instance this note right here it says thank you so much for everything you've done for me this this is also a somebody who immigrated to the united states and just became three years ago became a uh, an officer which is amazing like you know he came from nothing and now he's an officer yeah. in the u.s air force i have a uh, also some you know some notes over here from people who either left the air force or went to different base um, my there's one which i really um cherish it's from a guy who, who came over to us. Um, he was a, you know, he joined the reserves because his father wanted to. He wasn't really happy with being a reservist and an Air Force. He wanted to do, you know, better and bigger stuff with, you know, with the guns and whatever. He wanted to be a Marine. Hey, mm. if he wants to do that, you know, we need people like that. And he was uh, a gun ho. He was like, yeah, I want to go and I want to shoot. I want to play with guns, you know, cool. Um, he spent about a year with us and he didn't finish his contract. So we helped him transition into Marines, right? Um, we started it. He, he didn't think it's going to happen. His father didn't want it. But, I mean, he's an adult. So we basically worked on it. And uh, now he's a, he's a Marine. 
Um, just recently, I got another note from a from an airman who moved to Air National Guard. We also helped her. So these notes, that's 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 mm -hmm. what makes me want to stay here and work with these people because I feel like you know I have an impact on people. Again, that this is yeah. not like you know helping rich people get richer. This is you help mm -hmm. regular folks you know achieve their dreams. This man right here behind me, he is the guy. I owe him a lot. Thanks to him, I just became the guy who I am today. You know, he took me under his wings. Um, I was, I was a, I was a ignorant kid when I came to the states. This guy, he he turned me around. Um, thanks to him, you know, I'm I'm about to start my masters. I got my bachelor's. I you know I yeah. This guy is I owe him a lot. So he took me under his wings, and I wanna I wanna do the same for people over here. That's amazing. Oh, that, yeah, that is amazing. I love that, how inspiring you are to others. And I love that you continue to reach out. And I just want to congratulate you on your new superintendent position right. or soon to be. No, no just amazing. acting right now. Just acting, acting. Oh, acting <laughs> superintendent. <laughs> well, thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, we're congratulating you now on yep. on your future role. So. Well, hopefully in the future, uh, I'm going to move, move up to be an officer, perhaps. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So you mentioned you've had a deployment. Um, how many have you had? So I deployed once, um, again, back in 2000, okay. 2018. I mean, deployments, some, you know, I understand some people might say, oh, Air Force, their deployments. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was, you know, it was Kuwait. Yes, you were right. Uh, I posted it on my Instagram. It was fun. I mean, I know uh, Army, I think that's their, one of their um, overseas assignments. So to us, I guess, you know, it was a deployment. We uh, we did what we needed to do. And uh, it was a great experience for me, actually. Um, I was there with the Allied forces from Europe. Um, luckily, my languages helped them because they weren't they weren't um, able to speak English well enough to uh, work with us. So right. again, nothing against them. They did an amazing job, amazing job. But you know, sometimes they just needed some little help. You know, there was only a few, few, only few people who actually spoke the language. So you know, whoever needed some help, I would help them out. Um, I was there with my uh, Slovakian military counterparts. It was fun. They were there, and so I was, you know, kind of talking to them since you know, I speak Slovakian or Czech and Slovakian is super similar. I was there with them for you know a long time. I don't want to say how long they were there, but you know. I was there with them. They they did their part. I did my part. And then after duty, we just kind of hang out, you know, chilled together. Were there any key challenges you faced during the deployment, either personally or professionally? <laughs> I was going through my uh, divorce when I was there, um, so I got I got I got my divorce paperwork served um, just four days before my deployment. So. Yeah, that was kind of like, okay, I was going through divorce, so dealing with the lawyers over there and stuff like that. You know, the lawyer really is not a family family lawyer. He's a you know a military military lawyer, so he didn't really know much about family law, but he was trying to help me out. I mean, so it kind of sucked. Then I returned back to a um, to nothing because um, you know she kind of she kind of kept everything. I mean everything. You know, she she put stuff in you know in, in storage, but some of the stuff. Like I didn't have a place to go to, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's stressful during a deployment, though. I mean, it was right. Um, she had her she had her reasons. 
which is fine with me and whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. luckily again, um, my unit over here helped me out because when I came back, I had nowhere to go. So they put me in a, you know, they, they helped me to go on order so I can stay in a hotel. So I stayed in a hotel for a little bit until, you know, I had a chance to, um, well, I went back home to Czech Republic to see my, you know, family and whatever. Uh, but then after I came back, I went over here to a hotel. Uh, I was able to find me a, a room in San Jose. So that's how I, you know, I, I went back. So <laughs> it was good. So the Air Force helped me. But yeah, I mean, real challenges over there. Mm, not really. It was fun. I mean, deployment was really fun. I had, I had a good time over there. I learned many new things. Well, you have like a really good mindset. So that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. No, it's, just, it's easy. It, it is what you make it to be, you know? It's it's easy if you're gonna go there with the with the mindset of like ugh deployment this is this is gonna suck I, I won't see my kids I won't see my family you know I'm like well but you know you know what you sign up for I mean you, you're gonna deploy you're gonna be separated for six seven eight months I mean it is what it is and you know you're just gonna do what you learn uh, when you were here so just do what you what you know and use that time to because technically you can't go anywhere else besides staying on the base. And so you can't do nothing. So what are you going to do? You're going to use that time to expand your skill set, go to school because they offer schooling. The internet is there. So you can, you know, do your online colleges, whatever. Um, take classes or some extra stuff. Do some stuff. Uh, I know I was teaching a Microsoft Excel uh, classes over there because, you know, with my IT background, I was teaching it. If you want, take Excel classes or Microsoft classes. If you want, there was people teaching Spanish. Go learn Spanish or, you know, you want to get fit, go to the gym over there. You have you have enough time to work and do what you need to do on your or to better yourself. I think that's so healthy. Just stay busy and do good mm -hmm. things. Okay. So you mentioned advocacy is super important. So given your backgrounds and experience, do you have any specific advice for immigrants considering a career in the military? I mentioned before when I was going through it. Unfortunately, I did not have um, I didn't have the network of people I would need because all of the people I had in my network were, you know, Americans, which they had no mm -hmm. idea about green cards and immigration, so they couldn't really help me. Uh, I was looking online and I couldn't really find anything besides a uh, there was a program called Mavni, but that was for it wasn't for like green card people. So you know, I was struggling with that. My recruiter didn't know, and back then I was what 25, 24. I just you know. I didn't really know where to look. I didn't do my due diligence. So now what I'm trying to do with, you know, my Instagram is basically to uh, help others who want to join the U.S. military. Don't care if it's Air Force, Marines, Army, Coasties, whatever. If you want to join, you know, I, I want to help um, because now I know what paperwork they need. You know, basically, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw my latest post. Uh, now uh, Air Force signed uh, a memorandum basically saying if you have a two-year uh, green card you can join the US military and then once you basically in, in your sixth or seventh week of basic military training you're gonna get your citizenship you know if you follow oh, the wow. steps so you can have your temporary green card for two years you know which you normally get I, I don't know how you get it anymore I don't, I don't remember mm -hmm. but if you have your green card which is only for two years the temporary one you can already join the US Air Force Obviously, right. you won't be doing any, you know, uh, classified jobs. You're going to be doing most likely a, a HVAC or supply or, uh, I mm. don't know, um, something, you know, where you, you don't need security clearance. You're going right. to do that. But then you're going to be a citizen already. So you just need to dedicate, you know, your time to the Air Force, which you sign for. 
you're gonna give them two years and then you can cross train to do something else i'm i'm huge right. for it I, I actually want people to do it i would i would love to fly but unfortunately i got disqualified two times because of my medical stuff so i can't mm. but i encourage everybody just go do it if you if you if you want to you know i'm i'm all about helping people join especially from foreign countries um, two who joined because of my instagram they didn't they had no idea that green card is basically door to the service and they joined so you know that's amazing it's nice yeah it's nice when you get um when you get this instagram message be like hey thank you so much you know i followed you i didn't know but then i just talked to Rekuru, and then i sh you know i show up took my test and i'm in the air force now I was like, oh, here you go and what is your instagram account um hansa underscore 650 technically i post a lot of stuff like mainly about my experience or my life in the u.s air force and i post you know from my trips i post also news about the military so just just mm -hmm. just like i mentioned i just learned about this yeah. uh, new memorandum which came up it was signed on the 9th of january i just learned about it from a recruiter i, I asked the recruiter if she can send it to me she sent it to me i made an immediately post about it you know i, I want to make sure people know you know i want people to oh, come great. and join I, I want people to have the same opportunities i have you know so, are there specific instances where your background as an immigrant has provided a unique perspective in overcoming challenges in the military or just in everyday life? Well, I think, you know, being born in a communist country back, you know, in, in, in the 80s in the Czechoslovakia, and then my parents had to immigrate with us, you know, they ran away from, from that, from that uh, system. And then we came back to a post-communist Czech Republic. And then, you know, people are still kind of bitter from the old crappy system, you know. So you kind of have to deal with that. And then that basically, that, that, makes, that makes you stronger. So I think that helped me because, you know, like, okay, well, there's really nothing, you know, the Air Force can throw at me, which, you know, I'm a bit upset about it, but there's really nothing I can just do like this sucks, you know, I need to, I need to kill myself now. It's like, I don't see the reason for it. It's just like, you know, if I, if I, if I deal with stuff, I just deal with stuff. Whatever happens, happens, yeah. you know? So that's how I look at it. It's just like, yeah, it, it is what it is. So I think my background, especially coming from there, helped me to go through basic, again, basic was easy. And I think this is because it was how, how I was raised, you know, like you grew up over there, you know, think about, all the post-communist teachers. I, I I don't think you guys were ever beaten at school. Yeah, I showed up mm. at school, you know, I just did something. What did I do? This teacher beat the crap out of me at school because I just... What? I, I didn't know something, so she beat me. And then I, I she sent a note home saying, you know, your son basically was slapped and spanked because he didn't know this. And, you know, you go home and then because your teacher beat you, you're going to get it again from your father or whatever, whatever, because oh, why are you wow. misbehaving? So Air Force, it was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes so much sense. Well, you're like deployment, easy, yeah, just yeah. Air Force, easy. easy. Like you seem very strong willed. Yeah. Was that hard, I guess, then going through basic and all of just like everyday life, then you're with these other men or women who maybe take it a little bit harder than you. And you're just like, this is a piece of cake. Was that hard? They, okay. Mm. <laughs> I, okay. Their little problems, like, oh my god, I haven't seen my family for two weeks. I was like, well, big whoop. I haven't seen my family for four years, 
And then I came over here without seeing my mom, my dad. The only thing I see them on is on Skype, on, you know, scheduled yeah. Sundays or Saturdays, you know. And you complaining, oh, my mommy. I was like, come on, you're 20-something. So why cry about, you know, what right. are you crying about? Or their little phone mm -hmm. calls on Sundays. No, I can't wait to call. I was like, oh, God. Okay, I call, you know, back then. I would call my, my wife. I was like, hey, you cool? She goes, yeah, I'm cool. All right, bye, bye. That's it. Like, I don't need to talk to her about, you know, it's like, oh, my God, how was your week? <laughs> I was like, why do I need to talk to you? I don't care about your week, okay? <laughs> I, 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 I know you're doing good. You go to work. I, I You know, I'm over here. You go to work. Easy. Like, why? And they cry over there on the phone. It's yeah. like, I miss you. How is everything? Are they treating you well? Like, really? Are they going to, like, come on. So, stuff like, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, seriously? So, as a matter of fact, with my attitude over there, I was... By mistake, they made me a, a dorm chief. Back then, I thought it's a big thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was just a dorm chief, and it was funny because some of the there was there was when we went to uh, the gas chamber. We went to the gas chamber, and I was there without my instructor. So as I'm, you know, I'm there in front of my flight, whatever, giving them the orders what I was told, which needs to happen. And then there were there were young instructors, and they were asking my instructor, "Is like, is he is he an instructor in a training? Because they didn't see me from far away, they didn't see the rank, nothing. Like, is he is he instructor in training? Like, who is this guy?" Because I was just yelling at them. Oh, I was I was mean. So some people didn't like me. Some people didn't like me, but I was like, "Hey, I was giving instructions." Somebody even told me, "It's like this is not the Soviet army, man. Take it easy." I was like, "Come on." <laughs> You're just like blunt, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, direct. Very direct. I, I don't like to beat around bushes. Why? You know, I will tell you I don't like it. I mean, and if, if I'm upset about something, I'll tell you. And people are like, you're too blunt. I was like, well, yeah. Should I be like, oh my God, you know what? The other day when you were doing this and that, I'm like, you know, kind of like, you know, no. It's like, it's, I, I don't like that. You're in the military too. You're not there to yeah. hold people's hands. So I don't. Well, this is the new military. Now we need to learn. We need to. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I, I keep my opinion for myself. As a as a somebody in a position of leadership, we have to adapt. We have to learn how to lead this new way and make sure that everybody that our airmen are doing the job without feeling hurt or stressed. Is that approach working? Like the new approach versus the older approach, which one has the best outcome so far? I want to emphasize, this is my opinion. This is not the U.S. government, U.S. military, okay? So my opinion is that the before structure was better. Hard, you know, if you need to be cussed out, you need to be cussed out. If you need to, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you, you just look, look at Russian and Chinese soldiers. Do you think they go over all oh, my feelings? No, they don't. They they don't play these feeling games. I mean, this is the military. If you if you need to you know meet somebody on a battlefield who is going to be relentless and they don't they don't play the feeling games, how are you gonna deal with that? You know? Are you gonna deal with that? Uh, and then I again, this is my opinion. I think what was happening before was better. I would much rather have, you know, instructors jumping in a in a jumping in uh, dorms, yelling at people's, you know, breaking breaking beds, breaking um, lockers, being in your face, cussing you out, you know, get you get to get you used to, you know, a little bit of stress and 
uncomfortable situations because yeah. now you know you you say a trigger word and some of them might get offended again right do i do i mind opinion aside i'm doing the air force work so if i if, if I if I need to do my job, I'll do my job to the best of my abilities without offending anybody. I, I don't want to offend anybody. I want to make sure everybody's treated fairly and equally. Looking ahead, are there specific goals or initiatives you hope to achieve this year? So this year, I definitely want to take my AFOQT, which is the Air Force Qualification Officers uh, uh, test. I wanna I wanna mm. see if I can be an officer. If I you know can apply to be an officer. If I can, then, you know, hopefully I'll find me a unit which will pick me up as an officer. Um, so hopefully go into O structure. Um, if, if that doesn't work, I will take the test. But if that doesn't work, then uh, I will definitely try to go for senior master. I would like to be uh, E8. And, oh. and then, you know, I, I want to finish my master's. <laughs> and as I mentioned before... Um, I know I'm on active duty orders and I know I can curtail if I want to. I really, really hope uh, I can start a civilian law enforcement life. It would be awesome. Oh, yeah. That's something I really wanted to do. Again, I'm not expecting money. I, I know I'm going from cushy job to, uh, from cushy job to, you know, streets. Do, do I do I care? Nope. I'm older now. I, I'm gonna be there with young, 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 young guys running around, you know, chasing criminals. But if I if if I have a chance, or if I will have a chance to accomplish this, oh damn! I would dedicate everything and anything I have to to be the best cop I can. So I want to do that. Oh, that's amazing! You have a lot going on this year. Well, good luck on your t your officer's test, and I hope you get that job for. I think you said what San Francisco, PD. San Francisco PD. Yep, I might apply for some okay. other, but yeah, SFPD, we'll see. Wow, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Busy, busy. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your incredible journey and your service and advocacy are truly commendable. Do you have any final thoughts or messages that you would like to share with our audience before we wrap up? I just want to say that, you know, I, when I came over here, I was, I didn't know what to expect. And then I don't want people to be scared. I mean, it is, you know, what you see in the movies, maybe, kind of, a little bit. But it is what you make it out to be. Um, and if you want opportunities and you want education and you want to expand your skill set, I would definitely encourage everybody to look into it and, you know, either join if they want to, you know, if they want to study, go after it, you know, uh, ask for the TA, apply for TA and go and, you know, study if, if you can have, you know, any leadership classes, go and take them because in the long term, it's going to make you a better person anyways as a, you know, as a better employee later on or it's going to give you better opportunities for employment after your service. And why not educate yourself? I mean, yeah. you know, the government is basically using us. Why not use the government if the government gives us the opportunity to, you know, have yeah. schooling for free? Just use it utilize it yeah. use it get education you know and make basically make yourself better you know be grateful yeah. that you know some of us can do it but definitely do it go after it i think that's really good advice thank you for sharing thank and thank you. you for coming on today
Well, of course. Thank you. As we wrap up this episode, we hope you enjoyed diving into today's topic. Remember, if you ever miss an episode or want to catch up, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and family. See you next Wednesday. Bye.